And welcome back, everybody, to the Know It All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know It All. You can find me on Twitter at FF Know It All. You can also email the show directly, Know It All Fantasy Football at gmail.com. I have a very, very exciting announcement, and I want to make it at the top. Uh, first, a humongous thank you to everybody who listens uh, to the show. I broke a record in the first episode, which posted last Monday. Uh, within one and a half days, when I checked it, I had almost 100 downloads. That may not sound like a lot, depending on what your view of things are, but uh, to get to 100 in just a single episode is a milestone for me. So from me to you, a heartfelt thank you. It just reaffirms that uh, I'm doing something that I passionately love to do, but that it's actually helping if um, if it's getting the listenership that I, I saw this week. So once again, a huge announcement. It's humongous for the show to continue to grow it into what I know it can become, but also a uh, just a thank you to all of you out there who actually take the time to listen, and I will continue to do my best to provide for you all the tools that you need to be successful in your fantasy leagues. So without further ado, uh, today we're going to go ahead and talk about the top 40 wide receivers or so. And, uh, you know, as we get down to lower on the list, there'll be less to say, of course. But I do want to spend time talking about every one of them because I have to tell you, I don't remember a time where the position was so stacked. There are quality names going as late as the 7th, 8th and ninth round, and we'll talk about those names. Everything comes with risks, of course, but uh, you can find value. Um, this might be the year that you wait and get your RBs early because, as we talked about in the RB uh, episode, running back thins out and falls off a cliff more than I think it ever has. So, uh, well, we'll get all uh, onto all of this in just a moment. But first, I do want to tell you, folks, about one of the sponsors of today's show. They've been on board since the beginning, and that's Bove Design. Guys, if you run a business or know somebody who runs a business, they probably have an outdated website set up if they even have one set up at all. And that's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Rob and company have all the tools that you and your company will need to set yourselves up for success. Whether it is a site upgrade, rebuilding an existing website, or creating one from scratch, they even design logos like the one I've been using on the show for a couple of years now. Bove Design has got you covered. Make sure you check them out on Instagram at bove.design. Hit up Rob, the owner. Tell him what you need, and he will get back to you with what Bove Design can do to help you out. Remember, that's Bove Design, B-O-V-E dot design. And I do want to take a second, speaking of Bove Design, to send a shout out to um, Rob, the owner of Bove Design. His daughter was uh, in the uh, Little League Softball World Series down here in North Carolina, representing the uh, the New England bracket. They did fall short in the, uh, I believe it was the uh, quarterfinal. But either way, hats off to, uh, it was the Milford squad who represented the New England division, and I just wanted to give uh, a shout-out to them. 
an amazing, an amazing accomplishment. So congratulations, Rob and family on that achievement. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and kick things off. There has been a lot of debate between two specific wide receivers as to who the number one consensus uh, is. And, and I'm using Fantasy Pros for the consensus rankings to do this program. They differ from my own, um, and I will try to highlight the differences as much as I can throughout the program. I certainly will tell you who I don't like uh, on the uh, on the list, and I will give you, as I did with the running backs, I will give you some value picks that could replace somebody on this list that I feel might be going too high. And spoiler alert, there are two going on the same team that I think you can flip-flop. I'm sure if you know me well enough, you know which two I'm talking about. But we'll, of course, we'll get to that. Um, And Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are the two I mentioned. And what I'll do is we're going to start by uh, talking about Cooper Cup. He's not the number one. Justin Jefferson is the number one on Fantasy Pros, and it's mine as well. The reason why I want to talk about Cooper Cup really quickly, and we'll get into his stats in a moment, I just don't feel what he did last year can be uh, even come close to re-accomplishing. So I'm going to set that on the table uh, and lay it up there for when we get to Cup in a moment. Let's start with Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson Broke rookie records two years ago. Now, Jamar Chase shattered those last year. But in 2020, he had 1,400 yards. Last year, he had 1,616 yards. He's gotten 17 total touchdowns in two seasons. He is part of an offense that I've always thought was underrated. It it could have been uh, Mike Zimmer, the former coach that wasn't uh, playing it up to its strengths. You know I'm a Kirk Cousins guy. I always have been. I don't think he's destined for the Hall of Fame, but he is. He's that that guy that nobody thinks about, but every year has thirty plus uh, touchdowns. Now you have an offensive minded coaching staff that want to do nothing but uh, but up the ante in, in Kevin O'Connell, and you've heard nothing but praise for for Cousins. And that can only mean good things for Justin Jefferson. Super talented. He's in a situation where, uh, and this is another comparison I'm going to make with Cup. He's in a situation where the talent around him is deteriorating, whereas uh, the, the Rams added a number one wide receiver as their number two uh, in Allen Robinson. So Jefferson now, he has an aging Adam Thielen, who is not bad, but he's not going to be putting up the numbers he used to when he was younger. Jefferson has nowhere to go but up. I think 2,000 yards are in play. I think upwards of 12 to 13 touchdowns are also in, in play. He caught 108 passes last year. He could catch 120. So, yeah, I am all aboard on the Justin Jefferson bandwagon. I have the fifth pick in the upcoming draft for the League of Goons. Which, as ever, anybody who listens to me knows, that's my flagship league, best league in the world. I, unless I die or get kicked out for some reason, I will not leave that league. You guys are the best. So, just a shout out to uh, to you guys as well. Bunch of bums, but I love you. Either anyway, before I digress too much, uh, Jefferson is somebody that I'm considering taking as high as fifth. I would even consider him at four, even as, as scary as it is. There are running backs that I like that I want to take. And, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook being one of them. I like Derrick Henry. 
so, I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey, but they won't be there. So I'm just talking about who would be there at number five. If all four of those running backs are gone and Justin Jefferson is sitting in front of me, he is going to end up on my team. So that's where I'm going to end up going if those guys are all gone and I could build around him. Love me some Justin Jefferson this year. Uh, my pick to be the number one overall uh, wide receiver when the smoke clears. Now, on to Cooper Cup, as I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, last year, he, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about, okay, well, is it going to be Robert Woods? Is it going to be Cooper Cup? Who was going to emerge as the alpha with uh, Matthew Stafford there? It was very apparent early on that it was Cooper Cup. That said, he was not on pace to have the type of year he had until Robert Woods ended up uh, out for the year. Uh, with uh, with his uh, torn ACL. So once that happened and Robert Woods was gone, Cooper Cup became not only the primary target, but pretty much the only target in the passing game that was not a wide receiver. I mean, you, you, you that was not a running back, but you did have, you know, some guys come in like Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson, but even so, Cooper Cup was the guy and uh, and he'll be the guy again this year. I'm not suggesting that he's going to take a back seat to Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson is a bona fide number one receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's relatively healthy, doesn't get hurt a lot. Cup had 16 touchdowns last year and almost 2,000 yards. I just don't think those are numbers that could be put up again. I know I just said Justin Jefferson could do it, but Justin Jefferson is not sharing the uh, the, the wide receiver core with anybody nearly as talented as Allen Robinson. So, yeah, I and, and and there are some rumblings, of course, about Matthew Stafford not being 100%. He's getting older. He's had some back issues. You have to keep that in mind. Cooper Cup, I, I like him, but he's more of a second-round guy than a first-round guy in my world. Now, this next guy is somebody that I don't want to say got lucky because he made things happen, but... He was the beneficiary of some huge, huge plays last year, and that, of course, is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, a guy I was wrong about. I had him as a bust candidate last year. All the reports out of camp were bad. I didn't like what I saw on film. Boy, did he ever prove everybody wrong. I mean, my goodness. Now, he uh, when you when you break down his stats, he only had 81 receptions, and that's big in that he had... 128 targets. Now, are you going to tell me that he only caught two uh, two thirds of his targets because Joe Burrow was inaccurate, or is it a situation where Jamar Chase just might not have his sure hands as we all thought? I say it's the latter. Now, move on to the fact that he had more plays for over 50 yards than I think we've seen in many years. He had 13 touchdowns, 1,455 yards. I want to throw something interesting at you. 81 receptions, 1,455, and 13 touchdowns. Okay. I, I don't think the touchdowns are going to happen like that again. I think it's going to come back down. So let's let's take it, take it down maybe to what, uh, eight or nine? Well, let's go 10. We'll say 10 touchdowns, 1,200 yards. And we'll even give him an increase in receptions up to 88, let's say. His running mate there in Cincinnati, and we'll talk about Cortland Sutton very soon, but I do want to make note of this because it, it, it's relevant here. 
if you're looking at over a 17-game... Now, uh, Jamar Chase played 17 games, but if you're going to take uh, T. Higgins at a 17-game pace, 90 catches, that's more than Jamar Chase, 1,324 yards, yeah, within 100 or so of what uh, of what Chase got, and seven touchdowns. Yeah, it's slightly less than the 10 that we kind of figured in there for Jamar Chase, but he's going at number 33 overall as opposed to well in the first round. That's why I'm saying T. Higgins is every bit as talented as Jamar Chase. Maybe Jamar Chase has some more boom to him. I think T. Higgins will catch more passes, maybe more yards, and possibly even more touchdowns. And you're getting them later. So for those of you, again, who want to go running back, running back early, T. Higgins is a great guy, and I'll, I'll get to him more in a, in a bit. But I just wanted to share that with you. That's why I will not be taking Jamar Chase in the first round. Second round, I would definitely consider it. But uh, I'm not even sold on it then either, depending on how my team build looks. But um, all right. So I said my piece on Jamar Chase. I'm sure it's not popular, and I'm going to have to just leave it at that. Now, this next guy I actually like a lot, and we people will talk about last year as an off-season for Stefan Diggs, and that's because of what he did the year before. You still you can't look at it as a failure. I mean, my goodness. I, yeah, he didn't have 1,500 yards, but I just said that's hard to – it's going to come back down to earth, right? That's where I kind of see Jamar Chase coming back down to earth anyway. But uh, he had two more touchdowns than he did last year, less yards and less receptions in one more game. I get all that. But that does not mean that in this offense in Buffalo, one of the best in football, that this guy is not going to perform for you. I would rather have Stefan Diggs than Jamar Chase and unless if Cooper Cup falls it's different but digs you can get the end of the first round beginning of the second round where you're going to get much more value out of him I'm not saying I would take him at number two or four over Cooper Cup but I'm saying that value wise he's the better pick over Cup as well Jefferson is the uh, only one I would take over him uh, from the standpoint of where they're being drafted now, the next guy on this list is somebody that I think is rated too high, and that's Devontae Adams. You need to look at a few things here. Devontae Adams was on a Green Bay team that had Alan Lazard catching passes alongside of him. No, no, nothing against Lazard, but uh, certainly, you know, Lazard is not Hunter Renfro, and they didn't have a tight end as prolific as Darren Waller. He's not going to get the target share he got last year. He's going from. A Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, as he put it, but let's be real about it. He's going from a Hall of Fame all-time great quarterback to Derek Carr, who I do like, and you guys know I like Derek Carr, but it's a downgrade, and it's a downgrade in systems. It's a downgrade every way you want to look. He is not going to put up the numbers he put up last year, going as the number five wide receiver, end of the first, early second round. I'm not buying in. I will bypass him. For somebody uh, like, the, the, well, the next guy, for example. This next guy, in my rankings, I have him as the number two wide receiver. And I was bold with it. But I really do think that circumstance and talent will win out here in that C.D. Lamb. You guys know I'm a C.D. Lamb guy. I have been since he was drafted. And he's only going to get better. He's the only standing wide receiver there that's not banged up. or And he's still by far the most talented 
Dalton Schultz will get his share of targets. Tony Pollard will get his, and Zeke will get his for whatever that's worth. But Dak Prescott likes to throw the ball. We know that. C.D. Lamb is poised and ready. I think he is a, a, a re- he he already kind of broke out last year. To this year, it's the super breakout. I think he gets double digit scores. I think he catches over a hundred passes and fifteen hundred yards receiving. Would not surprise me. He will finish top three, and uh, I will take him. Any chance I get, if I can get him in the the middle of the second round on the on the back end, I will take him all day long. This next guy I struggle with, and his history and his circumstance should have you buying in, and it should have me buying in. And I can't look myself in the face and sit and and tell you that it's a good idea not to buy in. And that is uh, Mike Evans. All this guy ever does. Is get a thousand yards receiving. He has never gotten lower than that in his career, and that's eight years going now. It's his ninth year, ninth season. He's getting older, sure, but he is as sure-handed uh, as it comes. He, I don't care what you want to say. Chris Godwin, this Chris Godwin, that, and we'll talk about Godwin later. That's Kool Aid. I'm not drinking. I know that uh, Tampa Bay did invest in, in Julio Jones. You know Julio is on the tail end of his career. I don't expect much from him. I, I like Evans again this year. I mean, he his reception totals are low when you think about it. 74, 70, 67, 86 back in 2018, and 96 back in 2016. And 2016 was his huge year, his biggest year with the 12 touchdowns and the 1,300 yards receiving. But overall... He's gotten 13 and 14 scores the past two seasons. And with Tom Brady, double-digit scores, 1,000 yards, 70 receptions. I just don't – I can't take him as my number one wide receiver. He's much better as a second guy. Jefferson, uh, Aaron Jones, and uh, Mike Evans is a nice way to start a draft. I'm just using that as an example, but I really do uh, – I, I kind of like that. <laughs> I would sign up for that tomorrow if um if given the opportunity all right so next after mike evans is another guy that i am not really that that high on this year and that's tyreek hill we all know it's a uh, downgrade going from uh patrick mahomes to uh, tua but even with that tyreek was always boomer bust for me i had him last year and as good of a season as he had, and you want to say, oh, he did this, he did that. Oh, he did. And if you look at what he had by the end of the year, his stats look incredible. But there were games where he absolutely disappeared and did nothing for you. I don't. I want to say he finished outside the top 40 on a couple of occasions. And that's not something that I'm really happy living with. Um, he had 111 receptions, well beyond the highest he had before that. But he only had nine touchdowns. So, yeah, it's great. 1,200 yards. I, 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 But I definitely don't. I don't see him making, uh, putting those kind of numbers up, especially with Jalen Waddell, a younger version of himself, there in, um, in Miami with a quarterback that, let's face it, is not Patrick Mahomes. All right, we'll move on. Keenan Allen. What can you say about Keenan Allen? Every year, the guy puts up numbers, making him worthy of a number one receiver or a high-end number two, especially in PPR, which is what we focus on on the program. So uh, Keenan Allen is another guy that I would rather have as a second wide receiver on my squad because he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns. But 
he gets enough receptions from a PPR standpoint, 106 last year, which in case nobody's paying attention at home, that was the highest total of his career. He had never gotten that many. Justin Herbert is ascending to superstardom, and he's already there pretty much. And uh, 1,138 yards is just the touchdowns that hold him back or lack thereof. Maybe that goes up a little bit. I don't know, but I am perfectly comfortable taking him as a wide receiver too, and I would take him before Tyreek Hill, and I would consider taking him before Mike Evans. That would be a tough one uh, between that, uh, between those two right there. Debo Samuel up at number 10. I'm going to say this. Last year, I was laughed at, ridiculed, scorned, whatever you want to say, when I made the statement on this program that Debo Samuel would have a breakout season and Brandon Ayuk would take a back seat. Well, I don't need to tell anybody who pays attention or doesn't live under a rock what happened with that. That said, as much as I love Debo and what he brings to the table, the the addition of Trey Lance uh, behind center changes things for me in regards to Samuel. I don't view him as a top 10 option at the position. I just don't. Uh, do I think he'll catch passes? Of course I do. I don't think he's going to run as much this year either. So you have to take that into consideration because a lot of his production uh, came from when Ayuk was on the bench and not doing anything uh, and from from rushing. So he's going to take a step back in those categories. So um, yeah, I'm not comfortable drafting him. He is more of a wide receiver too than anything else for me, which would put him out of the top 12. This next guy is more of a wide receiver one. That's Michael Pittman. Say what you want. He had a really good year last year with Carson Wentz under center. Over 1,000 yards, uh, six or seven touchdowns, and he had a lot of receptions. So he, he did what he needed to do with Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan is noteworthy for having that one guy, the one guy he relies on above and beyond anybody else. It was Roddy White in the beginning. Then it was Julio Jones for all those years. It was Calvin Ridley before the suspension. And even when those guys weren't around, you had your Harry Douglases and and, uh, and Zacchaeuses of the world that were getting a play like that. Russell Gage at certain times. So he's always had that one guy that he likes to rely on. It should be Pittman here for sure. I like Pittman a lot. He is definitely, uh, number 11, I have no problem with him. And I have no problem with him if I go running back, running back, taking him as my first wide receiver. I'd prefer somebody like C.D. Lamb or Keenan Allen, but I would definitely take Michael Pittman. My man T. Higgins, um, I don't need to talk too much about him. I told you he can put up numbers similar to Jamar Chase. I think they should be flip-flopped. I think Jamar Chase should be going around here 11 or 12 and maybe T. Higgins around eight or so. Now, I'm not saying T. Higgins is is all that in a bag of chips, as my cousin John used to say, but it's one of those things where I, I think that T. Higgins is, is the, the better talent. I, I said it, and I'll stand by it. As much as, you know, everybody, Jamar Chase could be a freak of nature, I think Higgins is the better receiver. Next guy is a guy that I will not be drafting, period, end of story. That's A.J. Brown. I can't get behind a wide receiver, in that offense with Jalen Hurts there, Jalen Hurts is not going to throw enough to have a thirteen, a number 13 wide receiver, a borderline wide receiver one. When's the last time Philadelphia had a wide receiver this high? I'll wait. Okay, I, I won't wait because we would be, uh, uh, we would have dead air for, you know, uh, the next millennium. But just suffice it to say that 
Dallas Goddard is going to be the main pass catcher in that offense. Sure, A.J. Brown will have his games where he might win you a week, but he will also have these games where he gets you four fantasy points. Not, I'm not feeling it, and I'm not doing it. This next guy, however, D.J. Moore, is somebody that I could definitely get behind. Especially if Baker Mayfield becomes the quarterback, which we all expect he will do here in Carolina. D.J. Moore, last year... Uh, had his best year so far, but it, it, all he's ever done is perform. It's just under the radar because it's been for it's bad teams, and and bad teams will do that to you. But um, take a look at uh, what he did last year and see if you agree with me. In 17 games, he caught 93 passes for 100 uh, for 1,157 yards and a whopping quote-unquote, four touchdown passes. Touchdowns should go up. We'll give him eight. Uh, Yardage, you want to give him the same, and you want to say that he maybe will get over 100 receptions. So that's better than what he did last year. It still makes him a a borderline wide receiver one. I am certainly comfortable with taking him as a wide receiver two. Love the talent. Love the player. He even broke up a fight the other day at FanFest. Embarrassing that that happened here in Charlotte, but uh, he was out there breaking it up. I thought that was a class act move. Love DJ Moore. Um, I'll draft him all day, every day, as long as the value is right. Next is a guy I've liked perennially. But that was with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm. Uh, You would think as a Steeler fan, I could say his name right for crying out loud. Deontay Johnson. There's no telling how he's going to be used, but they did pay him. So they do view him as the number one guy there. And um, even though, you know, Pickens coming up uh, in the ranks, Chase Claypool. So it really remains to be seen who the quarterback's going to be and how they use these wide receivers. Deontay, I'm avoiding for now. I don't know how they're going to use him. I don't like his value here because I just don't know. Same with the next guy, and that's Jalen Waddle. While I love the talent, and I would love the situation if they didn't go out and get Tyreek Hill, if they had gotten another big receiver, uh, you know, like Parker or somebody like that, maybe like a Cortland Sutton type or, uh, you know, DK Metcalf, somebody to compliment Waddle. There are two guys playing the same position with the same skill set with a quarterback that is not very good. Recipe for disaster. I'm avoiding Waddle at number 16. Number 17, though, is a guy that I definitely do like, even if he has Carson Wentz. I mentioned Carson Wentz earlier with Michael Pittman. If Terry McLaurin puts up those numbers at number 17, then he'll be fine. I think he will. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not really sold on anybody else in that, on that Washington team. So, Terry McLaurin is fine as a low-end wide receiver two, more in the flex territory or wide receiver three if you play in three wide receiver leagues. I'd rather have the next guy on my team because he's going to be the only show in town, I think, for a team that I think will have a better offense than we all give it credit for. That's Brandon Cooks. I like Davis Mills this year. We'll talk more about him when I do quarterbacks, but uh, Brandon Cooks, outperforms his draft position every single year. I don't think this year will be any different given the circumstances there in Houston. Now, their running game is suspect, although I do kind of like Damian Pierce. We'll talk about him with sleepers. But last year, 90 receptions, 1,000 yards, and 6 touchdowns on a very bad offense. If you play 17 games, 
you know, that's a little bit more. I think this year he has a chance at 12, 1300 yards, maybe double digit scores, certainly a hundred catches. Yeah, you could sign me up for some Brandon Cooks, especially where he's going. He can be your wide receiver three or flex. The next guy I love also. We're in a slew of guys that I like. Uh, Three out of the next four I like a lot. Uh, So Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton could very well be a top five guy this year. With the uh, injury to Tim Patrick, I think a lot of that falls to Cortland Sutton. I know Jerry Judy plays the slot. I get all that. Russell Wilson is now in town, so uh, the quarterback has been upgraded substantially in Denver. Love me, Cortland Sutton, this year. Uh, here's I do have stats on him from last year, and, and uh, so we'll look at those in a second. I'm pulling them up now. I apologize. I thought I actually had them on my sheet. Here we go. And they were bad. He In 17 games, he had 58 receptions. Uh, only 98 targets, 776 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, on 58 receptions, he still had 776 yards. That's actually pretty good. Give him 108 receptions, and he's probably going to have 1,300 yards. And I would gather, if it's Russell Wilson, he's probably going to have six or eight touchdowns. So Cortland Sutton, even if he has an average year, will be a good second quarterback for you. I think he has a breakout year. He is somebody I like a lot as a breakout candidate. You can uh, put that one in the books. Next guy, Mike Williams. I liked him a lot last year. There's a good chance that he could become uh, the number one guy there for Justin Herbert as Justin Herbert takes another step up in 16 games. He had 76 receptions. He did have some drops. He did, you know, he did have some bad drops that people remember, but he was very close to having more than 10 touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns, 1,146 yards. Um, He had a very, very good year. It was his best year, not from a touchdown standpoint, but from a receptions and yardage standpoint. I think he gets double-digit scores this year. He'll get over 1,000 yards, and he could flirt with 100 receptions. I like Mike Williams again um, at this slot. This is why I say... You wait on wide receiver, you can get a lot of these guys in the in the fifth round. I mean, for example, Mike Williams, his average draft position is fiftieth, uh, which puts him in the fifth round in a twelve-team league. The beginning of the fifth round, but still the fifth round. So, uh, expert consensus ranking, by the way, has him in the the end of the third round. That's uh, not going to happen in most drafts. DK Metcalf. It's very hard for me after what I just told you about Cortland Sutton and uh, what he did with that bad quarterback play in Denver. Now that quarterback and somebody even worse in my mind, Geno Smith, will be throwing him the ball up in Seattle. I can't draft him. Certainly not where he's going. He's going at number 48 overall, so he's going before the guy that I like in Mike Williams. No thanks. I'll pass. Um, Don't want any part of it. Uh, at all. Next guy I think is going way late at number 64 overall. Allen Robinson, we talked about him earlier. Now, everything you hear is how bad his season was last year. And we're going to go over just how bad it was right now. He had in 12 games, 38 receptions, 410 yards, and one touchdown. That's God awful. 
even if you try to figure that out, you know, you add another five games to that, right? It's still not going to bring him up over six, seven hundred yards. It's going to give him two touchdowns. But he was on Chicago with bad quarterback play. Now he's going to L.A. to play with the Rams. And, uh, yeah, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Best quarterback by far. We say this every year about Allen Robinson. But this is true this year. Robinson is, in fact, the guy that uh, that I think will take the biggest step forward here. I will 100% take him as a flex or wide receiver three and not even think twice about it. Next guy on the list, Marquise Brown. Now, Marquise Brown is going to get a lot of play early, especially with DeAndre Hopkins uh, suspended for the first six games. Hopkins not getting any younger. This, I've never bought into Brown, but I didn't like Brown for where he was, and that was in Baltimore. Brown's in a situation where he could be the primary uh, ball catcher for the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals. This could mean big things for Brown. So I really do like him this year. We'll see what happens and, and how they use him. But uh, I would have no problem taking him as a number three guy or a flex. The same could be said for Darnell Mooney. Now, we talked about how bad Allen Robinson was in 12 games. Uh, let's look at, for the same team, let's look at Darnell Mooney and what he did for the uh, for the Bears. Now, he was playing with the same bad quarterback play and the same terrible coach. He in, He had 81 receptions for a thousand yards and only four touchdowns so with um you know perhaps justin fields improves a little bit i don't think he's going to do better than those numbers but he could repeat them and that's perfectly fine for a flex in a ppr so again darnell mooney just based on volume alone is a guy that i would consider and be happy to take um and he is currently going in the uh, let's see where he's being drafted round wise he's number 24 off the board he's being drafted at 62 so he's being drafted at the beginning of the sixth round yep he that's perfect spot for him too um, if i am being honest the next guy i'm not going to talk too much about i don't like it i don't like where he's going and i don't like his whole team situation and it's the browns and it's amari cooper with jacoby Brissett there i am not going to take amari cooper if he falls to round eight or nine, I'm not even happy with it there. I guess you could do it possibly, but I'm not going to try. Um, I'm, I'm not thrilled about the idea, so I'm just going to move on. Um, if you hear something to the effect of, you know, what, uh, just Sean Watson's coming back after six games, like initially we thought he might, maybe if you have a deep bench, he's worth stashing. But at this point, it doesn't look, look like Watson will play at all. So I'm going to go ahead and say, don't do it. Uh, next guy on the list, Michael Thomas. There's a lot of question mark uh, around whether or not he's going to be what he was when he initially got hurt uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, he hasn't played since 2020, and even then, he only played seven games. His last full season, though, in 2019, he had 149 receptions for 1,725 yards and nine touchdowns. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And in seven games, he had 40 receptions when in 2020 before he got hurt. He didn't have any touchdowns yet. But again, 2020, was uh, the, the, that was the year that Drew Brees didn't really play. And we had uh, Taysom Hill and company. With Jameis Winston there, I think there's a chance that Michael Thomas can get back to the 90 to 95 reception mark, 1,000 yards, 
a few touchdowns. So give him six or seven touchdowns. Where he's going, he is 150% worth the risk. So take him. You could just plug in another wide receiver if he doesn't do that well. But he has a chance to boom into a wide receiver one. And his average draft position is ridiculous at almost number 70. So, um, he, yeah, so he's getting drafted almost at the end now of round eight. All right, next guy on our list here, Jerry Judy. He'll get some play out of the slot. He's going to be a lot like Tyler Lockett was up in uh, in Seattle for Russell Wilson. He's going to have his games where he's going to do great for you, maybe lead receivers for the week, and then he's going to have some times where he disappears. I'd rather have Sutton for this reason, but you can't. I can't fault you if you're going to grab Judy and throw him into a wide receiver three or a slot uh, slot position for you. Um, he definitely has the tools and the talent to perform. Rashad Bateman, a lot of people's uh, darling to be the the best. Um, not want to say the best, but a, a breakout darling of a lot of people. And he's playing with the with Lamar Jackson. And um, like I didn't really like uh, Marquise Brown for his situation over there. I'm gonna pump the brakes on Rashad Bateman for the same reason. He plays with. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not known for being uh, a prolific passer. I don't want to hear about two years ago or three years ago when he had 36 touchdowns. That's an aberration. Even so, Bateman should be fine where he's going for what you're asking him to do, and that's be your wide receiver three or a bench guy to for to add depth. So where he's going is perfect, but don't expect him to be a wide receiver one. He might reach low-end wide receiver two status with just uh, the amount of catches he gets, but don't forget too, Mark Andrews is also catching passes there. 29, Chris Godwin. Nobody really knows whether or not he's going to be ready for opening day, and we we certainly don't know what Tom Brady has in store for him. This idea that he's his favorite target, I think, can be put to bed. I think that's Mike Evans, and honestly, I'm not comfortable taking Chris Godwin it, it, we're a few years removed now from his number two finish, and um, he's hurt. He's been hurt a lot, so you can't overlook that. You really, really can't. Um, I'm going to pass on him here. I'd rather have the next guy, a young guy, Armandra St. Brown, his second season. Based on targets alone, he had a really good year last year, but that does not mean it's going to happen every single season. We expect the Lions to take a step up. Um, in offense and possibly win a few more games who knows but I will say this I like this kid's talent and he's another guy that adds depth at the wide receiver spot and if you went running back heavy and decided to get you know a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews and you were skimpy at wide receiver and you plug him into the flex or your wide receiver three he's fine he's not a wide receiver too so don't expect him to be that but he is certainly fine if you went the route of the uh, prolific quarterback or tight end or both. Juju Smith-Schuster in Kansas City. He figures to be the number one receiver um, for Patrick Mahomes. But you got to see how this is going to operate without Tyreek Hill. Uh, Smith-Schuster is not... Uh, he's not doesn't have the breakaway speed Hill has, and he's not going to you know have these forty point weeks. He might be a steady guy that can be a wide receiver three for you or a flex. Sure, I'm not happy taking him. I've had teams with him on it, and I'm never happy. So I guess I'm gonna he, he's on my do not draft list. 
Next guy, Elijah Moore. He's a Jet. I'm never happy taking Jets for any reason. Um, I think he's the best guy on the team. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I would want him to be a wide receiver other than to add depth to my squad. This next guy could very well be one of those guys that you draft so late and he becomes a wide receiver too for you or something similar to that. And that's Adam Thielen. We talked about him earlier. I mean, 67 catches, not great. 726 yards, not blowing anybody's doors off, but 10 touchdowns. So... In just that alone, he's worthy of a flex starter. If he can uptick any of those in Kevin O'Connell's offense and it's supposed to be better, then we'll see. But eh, I'm not happy taking him either, but I would rather have him than Juju as a flex. As weird as that might sound to some of you out there, yeah, I would rather take Adam Thielen because he's done it so many times before. Gabriel Davis, everybody's darling to break out. He's in Josh Allen's offense, yada, yada, yada. I'm not buying in. There are too many variables there. Uh, I think uh, I think Allen runs a little bit more this year. I think they might utilize the running backs in a different fashion than they did earlier. I think Stefan Diggs gets back to that level he was at two years ago. I think Gabriel Davis actually takes a step back. Isaiah McKenzie's been talked about as being very good out of the slot. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really buying this Gabriel Davis breakout. If you want to say he's okay to add at 34 overall, uh, and as a wide receiver, 34. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, that's a guy that's going at number 72 overall. So that is uh, in the seventh round. Yeah, I guess that's good. But I wouldn't want to take him. Um, I, I wouldn't. And the next guy, I won't be having any shares of. And it's the same thing I said about A.J. Brown. That's Devonta Smith. He's in the Philly offense. I don't see them throwing the ball all that much. I would much rather have the guy after him, which is Brandon Ayuk. And I mentioned this earlier about Debo and Ayuk and how I thought that last year you know, Debo was the better play. For the exact same reason, I'm going to flip-flop it this year. Debo's going far too high. Ayuk is going far too low. I mean... Here's what he had, and he's going at number 99 overall. I mean, in a 10-team league, that's the end of the 10th round. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's definitely not where he should be going. Last year, he had 56 receptions, 84 uh, sorry, out of 84 targets, 826 yards, and five touchdowns. Now, he had those same numbers just about the year before with five less games. Think about that for a minute. Five less games. The first five games of the year, he was basically invisible getting one or two targets. Put back those five games and you have yourself the same situation. So I don't think his numbers changed. I don't think anything changed other than the coach's confidence in him, which got better as the year went on. He was a top 20 wide receiver for the last six games or so. That will continue. I, I really believe that he is more of a wide receiver too than anybody you can get this low. If you waited at wide receiver and built your team, like I said, with a tight end and prolific quarterback and all that, you throw this guy in your flex and you will be happy. So that that's a, a good... Uh, that, I might even take my own advice on that one. Um, I traded for him at one point last year because I actually liked what he was doing. So um, anyway... Enough about Brandon Ayuk. Hunter Renfro, 
he's taken a step back for an obvious reason. Otherwise, he would be much higher here. And that is, you know, Devontae Adams is now a Las Vegas Raider. Doesn't mean Renfro as a slot guy isn't going to get a lot of play, but I think he's going where he should at number 37. Uh, I, I really don't see any reason to talk about it any further. If you want to use this guy as a flex option, fine. I think his I think his production goes down. I really do. Um, I really do believe that he is going is not going to put up his production as he did last year. So where he's going right now is fine. This next guy I'm worried about. He suffered a knee injury the other night in his, in the um, in the preseason game. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, that's Drake London. I liked London a lot, and he was looking good. But he did suffer a knee injury. They don't feel it serious as of me recording this, but that doesn't mean that he won't miss some time or won't be uh, hampered at all come the beginning of the season. Hands off on Drake London until you hear anything different. Uh, number 39, Tyler Lockett, Seattle. Bad quarterback situation, inconsistent player, no thanks. There are guys after this that I would rather take that we're not really going to talk about. I'll list their names in a moment because number 40, Jacksonville's Christian Kirk, is also somebody I want no part of. So we'll skip down. We have DeAndre Hopkins at 41, obviously, because he's going to miss six games. That's somebody you might be able to get at the end of your draft and just stash and see what happens. Alan Lazard. Volume might be good for him up there, but Robert Woods and Kadarius Toney at 43 and 44, I would much rather have than Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, Drake London, Devonta Smith, and Gabriel Davis, and possibly Elijah Moore. So Kadarius Toney is somebody that, yeah, he's banged up too, but if he's good and right, he is going to be incredible. So that's the top 40. There are other guys on this list lower that might be worth uh, a shot. You know, you, you, you have Tyler Boyd. He's always put up good numbers. Devontae Parker, supposedly the number one guy in New England. I'm not sold on that. Michael Gallup should return. Um, Jarvis Landry, if you believe in that. So there are guys, Marvin Jones, going at uh, at number 67 here, who, let's face it, always puts up numbers. So the point I'm trying to make here is get your running backs early. If you want to take a chance on a Josh Allen or Justin Herbert early as well, or pick up one of those tight ends at the turn, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, you can do so confidently this year more so than any other year because there are wide receivers that you could get late in drafts and and might just work for you. At least they won't kill you. Get yourself a nice uh, for a flex, get yourself a, a nice slot receiver, like a Tyler Boyd, for example. Just putting it out there. So again, uh, I did mention how these first two podcasts would be a little bit longer, and that's just based on the amount of players, and I want to talk about each and every one of them at least a little bit so that you can sink your teeth into it. But I will shut up now as I have taken up enough of your time. Once again, I want to thank you all for uh, your support in helping this show to explode the way that it did. And, uh, you know, I couldn't thank you enough. I can't do it without you. Without you listening, there's no show to do. So, again, thank you so much. Hopefully, this helped you. Any questions, hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll and certainly send me an email if that's easier for you. KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. I have a huge, huge, huge announcement regarding a live broadcast of the podcast. Um, I will give that announcement at the beginning of the next uh, show. 
which I should be recording Monday or Tuesday, and it should be up and ready to be downloaded on Wednesday. And that'll be the tight end and quarterback edition. And then towards the end of the week, we will get into our draft prep. Do's and don'ts, booms and busts, all that good stuff. So once again, thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. Too many of you to list anymore, but you guys all know who you are. And um, thanks again, guys. Uh, Continue to do everything that you guys can do to dominate your leagues and your lives. And uh, just remember to stay safe out there and stay healthy. And I will talk to you guys again very, very soon. See you later. Never forget the day When you reach up the way